Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And greetings again from Studio B at the headquarters of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday as we inch closer and closer now to another preseason game for the Saints and feeble World Cup play in basketball this weekend. College football also kicking off. We're ready to go. This is a fun time of year, and we've got a good show for you today. We are going to speak to today perhaps one of the greatest cornerbacks in NFL history, 12-time Pro Bowler Champ Bailey is back in the show on the show with us today. It'll be his second appearance since joining the New Orleans Saints. We'll talk about how he's feeling and how uh, he sees camp as it wraps up here for the New Orleans Saints this week. And we'll also touch upon some basketball today, and we'll welcome back in Eric Gordon of the New Orleans Pelicans. He and other vets are ready to go. They are already working together across the parking lot at the basketball facility, and Eric stops by for a visit today. We'll get an update on his health, how he sees the season, and uh, a few other topics, to say the least. And then, for you fantasy folks, it's our usual weekly visit with Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. He's their senior writer, and he'll sit down with Daniel Salerson today to give uh, you all the latest as we get ready for fantasy football gearing up next week. I think most people have probably had their drafts by now, and uh, so it's a matter of getting the right lineup out there. Daniel's our in-house fantasy football guy, so he'll take care of that visit with Jake today and hopefully pass along some good stuff for you as you Get your, I guess you get your roster set for next week. Daniel will probably have a lot more detail and more knowledge for sure coming up. Uh, on the basketball side, just want to jump around a little bit, but on the basketball side, Team USA yesterday wrapped up their exhibition schedule and beat up on Slovenia pretty good, and it was the USA bigs that were doing the most damage. I mean, the monster discrepancy in the paint was fueled by the play of Anthony Davis and Kenneth Fareed, our own Anthony Davis, had another big game, 18 points, 11 rebounds, also threw in several blocks and a rather entertaining big-to-big alley-oop from Fareed to Davis, which was, I think, in the third quarter yesterday. So Team USA now will gear up for their first game in pool play on Saturday 
against Finland over in Spain. So we're excited about that. We'll hopefully catch some of that as we get into the Labor Day weekend. And again, we'll have Eric Gordon to talk some basketball with us today. And then Champ Bailey uh, gets us up to speed on the Saints side. The Saints today are going to have a bit of a walkthrough, and otherwise it'll be meeting room stuff for New Orleans as they uh, work in some Baltimore material for their game against the Ravens tomorrow night. That's a big game for a lot of the first and second year guys. The roster's down to 75 with more cuts coming this weekend. So it's really the last chance for those on the fringe fighting for those final precious final few roster spots with the Saints before we get to the regular season next week. So keep all that in mind. So that's on our plate today. Champ Bailey, Eric Gordon, and RotoExperts.com senior writer Jake Seeley. And we'll start it all off with Champ next. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Smoothie King asks, what's your purpose? My name is Trish, and I want more balance in my life. I feel like all I do is rush from one place to the next and end up grabbing a burger along the way. And then I feel guilty, and I start thinking, I need to spend an hour on the elliptical, but I don't have time. I want to eat better. I want to feel better. That's my purpose. We can blend that. Find your balance with the new Greek yogurt smoothies naturally powered by Chobani. Find pleasure in your purpose at Smoothie King. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Champ Bailey jumps in with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Champ, let's let's just get right to the hard-hitting questions first. Have you have you found a place to live yet? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I actually have. You know, I just you know I found something. It's, it's a little different from what I'm used to, but it, it it'll work well for the season. When you've when you've kind of gone through this now a number of times, and 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 now it's several teams and all that. How do you kind of make home in whatever city you're playing in? Well, most guys when they move around really don't make that place your home, but you're going to be there for six, seven months, you know, so you, you kind of got to, you know, get a, get acclimated to the weather and the, the environment and just make sure your family's good. So it, it, it just depends. I, I could settle anywhere, you know, for a short period of time, which is probably what this will be, a short period of time. But, you know, I just want to make the most of it while I'm here and enjoy every minute. Some of the NBA guys that I work with on the other side of our parking lot, they're like creatures of habit. So when they change teams and all that, it's almost almost as fast as they try to find a place to live. they got to find their favorite spot. They're, you know, this is where I'm going to go run when yeah. I want to be outside and all that. Are you, are you a little bit of a creature of habit? You know, my thing is to try to find some comfort level or get in a routine. Yeah, so you kind of got to create some kind of routine for yourself. One thing I, I don't like when I get random surprises, I want to know exactly what I got coming where I'm going, what I'm doing, little things like that. It just makes the day goes by a lot smoother. I don't, I don't want things just popping up on me. So try to be, get a handle on what, I'm, what, what I got in front of me pretty much. Each team has their own way of doing things. Have you spent enough time with this group here to kind of figure out what the Saints' way is and, and how would you describe it? Well, we, we, we have some tough practices, you know, and one thing about them, one thing about the way we do things here is we, we go hard in practice. Every guy in this building, you wouldn't know if they're a 10-year vet or a 20-year vet. 
because everybody's working just as hard as the next guy. And, you know, I kind of like that. we got an equal playing field. I mean, I expected to work when I got here. And, you know, I don't expect anything less from myself. And just to see all these young, hungry guys, I mean, it, it makes me smile because I know the league is going to be well taken care of. There's no doubt. And even, even right there in that secondary I'm watching you work with right now, this mix of guys, you know, you've got yourself and Jarris, and then I look to Jarris's left, and there's Kenny Vaccaro, only in his second year. There just seems something rather unique about this defensive back group right now. We got some playmakers, you know. <laughs> Kenny will knock your head off and pick a pass. You know, Bird is one of the best ball hawks you'll see coming around this league. And Keenan, he, he needs to start getting some respect around this league about the way he plays man-to-man coverage and, and the things he do out on the corner. I mean, there aren't many corners, you know, that play as aggressive as he does and has the skills that he does. So I'm looking forward to seeing him progress this, this year. Reflect on camp for me a little bit. I know it's been up and down for you somewhat, but after being through so many, you know, the, your, your sense of readiness is going to be different than a younger player. But if you were to take a thought or two from this camp, what would it be? Definitely tough, you know. I, I dealt with this foot, you know, and, and you know when you deal with a foot injury, it kind of it kind of hinders everything, you know, because you depend on your foot so much. And having dealt with it in the past, kind of knew what to expect from myself. But going forward, I feel good now. I, I feel like you know I got some things done. I just want to keep working, man. I don't I don't believe that I'm always a finished product. I just feel like I can always get better. The foot's frustrating. I totally get it. What, you know, can you think of another injury that has been mentally hard on you? Have you, uh, you know, not knowing your career as well as I probably should, I'm trying to think if, if you've even had something like that before. Nothing more than my foot because, you know, my feet, I always preach how good your feet should be and mm-hmm. how important they are to younger guys. And when you lose that, it, it takes a lot of weight, especially out on that island. Fans love to circle a game or two on the calendar, whether that's the game they're going to go to or they love that matchup. Do players do that too? Do you look at, the, now that we're finally to the regular season, I've been waiting to ask you guys this, do you kind of look at the schedule and go, hey, I love playing in that city or my buddy plays for that team? Or have you, have you done that? Well, I think for me personally, the only reason I look at that is just to get my family situated <laughs> so we can get on the same page as far as where they're going to go or, if they're going to this game or not, you know, but I always look at the first game and try not to look past that. The good thing is it's in Atlanta. A lot of my family's there. And I remember playing there a couple of years ago. I had about 40 people come out thinking that would probably be the last time I played there. Now I'm going back. Yeah. I told them it can't be 40 people again, but <laughs> I'll make sure all the immediate family gets taken care of. If you haven't figured it out yet, the folks around here don't care for the Falcons very much. Can you think of maybe one or two great rivalry games you've been a part of? Uh, Raider Bronco. Uh, that was pretty big in Denver. And uh, also uh, Washington and Dallas. Mm-hmm. Redskins, Cowboys. It's is, is pretty big. Real historic game there. How hard, is it, how hard is it to jump into it if you haven't, I guess, grown up around it? What do you mean? Just well, the like you said, you, you've, you've experienced it. Did you kind of like jump in with both feet as far as the, the emotion of it? And not, not really. Yeah. You know, you really, it, it'd be unrealistic to say that, that every guy that comes here does that or whatever team you go to. Right. It, it, but after a while, you kind of get into it. I mean, I did in Denver, I did in Washington, and now it's just 
I've always not liked anybody I played against, so it didn't matter, yep. robbery or not. I'm, you're going to get my best shot, and I hate you, so that's just the way it goes. <laughs> it's a little bit of that college mentality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you got to beat up on everybody. You can't take anybody any different, lighter or, or, or more serious than the other team, so just bring your A game every week. You don't have to worry about it. Champ, I'm really liking our talks these days. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. All right, always. Thank you. Champ Bailey with us here on the Black and Blue Report. <laughs> Back in a moment. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Pelicans guard Eric Gordon, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to our show here from Studio B at the headquarters of the Pelicans and the Saints. Our pleasure to welcome into the program Eric Gordon. Eric, I think this is your first visit to the studio, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Pelicans guard making a stop here. He'll be signing our door of honor before he leaves today. Eric, welcome back to town. I'm hoping you've had a good summer. Man, it's been a great summer. Uh, been mostly healthy throughout the whole summer and uh, been vacationing and stuff at the same time. Well, let me take you back to your days at North Central High School in Indianapolis. <laughs> and uh, I guess I would have you write an essay, you know, what I did this summer. Um, can you can you share with me your, your, your best part of the summer? Best part of summer? Um, uh, I'll say it's a combination of a few things. Uh, I think it was probably... Uh, the month of June where, you know, I was back on the court starting to work out on the court. And also uh, then after that, you know, it just it was smooth sailing. I was able to do vacations. I just wanted to make sure I was on the court. And then uh, it was smooth sailing to do, you know, vacation time. I guess we should probably clear up some of the things that happened at the end of the season. Just, you know, just so everybody's on the same page. You had a little something done to, to just clean up stuff and then you were good to go in June. Is that how the timetable worked? Yeah, it was just a, a minor clean out and. And then I was ready to go probably two months later. Who had the best pickup game this summer? Best Where did you go that it was the best? Uh, I didn't do too many pickup games I, I, uh, this summer. Uh, I know who had the best pickup games were in uh, since I was in L.A. at the um, Clippers practice facility. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, every year you always come back and you say, hey, I kind of worked on this. Or... You know, as soon as my rehab was done, I wanted to make sure I got this back in line. What was it about this offseason that you said, I want to take another step in this direction? What was it that you worked on a little bit, Eric? Just uh, explosiveness. Um, I've been really trying to work on explosiveness towards the rim and, and also, you know, foot speed as far as just beating people off the dribble. But you've always been pretty explosive. I mean, you know, earlier in your career, I didn't, I couldn't find too many people that could guard you off the dribble. Did it? Did it drop off a little bit and you felt like you had to get it back? 
Yeah, because uh, I wasn't. I don't think I was very consistent because uh, usually I, because with all the injuries, it kind of slowed me down at times where I would be so hesitant to to make a move or even explode to the basket at times. And and what's the process of trying to get that back? I guess just to, um, you know, it's always good to have that mentality to where you could just feel that you know you could beat people off the dribble without even thinking about the injuries or or you know just 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 think having that mindset that you're unguardable speaking of unguardable i'm looking at this backcourt right now for the pelicans and with drew holiday back healthy and tyreek who can play different spots as you can too i'm i'm having a hard time figuring out who's going to guard who and i'm talking about your opponents guarding you guys it it almost seems like you guys have become all of a sudden a matchup problem, and I guess that's a good thing, right? Yeah, for sure. I think we are. We could be. I mean, we, we, every every one of us is uh, pretty dynamic as far as being a playmaker or being a playmaker for a team. I think the only people that can slow us down is ourselves. So, um, as long as we have the chemistry to to help this team, you know, then we we will be very well, very good. Help me clear up this misconception and maybe I'm wrong maybe it isn't a misconception but you know it seems like with playmakers like yourself and Drew Tyreek you know we'll bring in young Russ Smith later off the bench and all that you know everybody's everybody's like well who's going to get touches or is or is Eric going to get enough touches and all that and and I think that maybe that's I, I don't know if that's a a poorly educated opinion or a bad way of thinking about it but you know help Help us understand how that dynamic works and, you know, as far as everybody getting their shot to go at the goal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we we have to have a sense of, you know, unselfishness as far as when we're on the court, you know. We, we're all interchangeable guards, so some some of us could have, uh, when, you know, the big has to rebound, we could all play point guard. We, as long as it's interchangeable and we run a certain style of play, where there's, I would say, I would assume fast-paced style. I, I think we'll all be able to score, and uh, and we'll all get get our hands on the ball at any given time. So, <clears throat> I think that that's why I, I think the faster we play, the there's so much easier. You know, so many more shots, so many more touches, and I think everything will work out. When you say Eric, the faster we play, are we talking about? shooting earlier in the shot clock are we talking about more cuts quicker moves what's what's the principle there uh i would say a combination of of everything um i would say a combination of everything because you got so many guys that can that can pass that can that can score that can just run down and into uh, and create on their own it's all about uh you know the style of play because we have so many guys that are so athletic as far in as far as bigs with Ashik and AD. You know you really don't have to slow the ball down and just throw it to them in the post because I don't think that's really their games. Ryan Anderson was in the studio the other day and he was so thrilled that vets like yourself are here in August and working together already at the facility. Um, have you been a part of a team that's that's had? this much participation this early before uh to be honest no um we have a lot of guys that are in the gym right now and uh and it's that's the best thing about uh here everybody gets here early and and 
just everybody ever since I've been here, everybody's been close, close knit uh, team. So, so uh, it's never a surprise that that people will be here. A recurring theme that's going on in all these conversations I'm having with you and your teammates and your coaches and everything else is that, sure, everybody's always excited this time of year and can't wait to get started. I mean, that's just natural as a basketball player or fan or anything else. But there's something different about the feeling in the building right now with regard to this team. Help me understand why this is different or or what's making it different. Yeah, definitely the anticipation is different because uh, I think our ex- expect- expectations are a lot higher. And guys have, uh, are still, you know, fighting off uh, injuries throughout the summer from, from last season. Guys are trying to get back on the uh, you know, back in, into the rhythm. So it's a, it's a combination of a lot of things, and it's, a, and it's always good to have, you know, those combinations because it brings guys back in the, in the gym early and, and, uh, and be together as a team way, way in before the season. Pelicans guard Eric Gordon with us here on the Black and Blue Report. E, are you as, are you as healthy as you've ever been? I mean, is this as good physically as you felt going into a season? Yeah, for sure. You know, each season has been getting – you know, better to pass two, three years. And this year it's, uh, it's really been well because I've been able to actually work out as, as hard and, and as long as I want to during, uh, during the summer. So it's, it's been, it's been a lot better. I don't want to rain on the parade here, Eric, but, uh, the West was as tough, as tough as I've ever seen it last year. And it seems like it got even tougher this year. So when we talk about the Pelicans trying to make a run of the playoffs and, Boy, it's great to have everybody back and healthy and kind of the spirit, you know, in the locker room. Um, again, I don't want to rain on the parade, but this isn't going to be easy. Things have, things have gotten more, even more difficult, it seems, even our, in our own conference. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I definitely agree with you when, uh, that the West is even tougher this year. Guys, uh, teams that are playoff teams, they are, you know, from last season, they, they've definitely got more depth on each team and, uh, I think it's just on us, you know. If we want to take that next step forward to be in a playoff team, I think we will be, and and we just got to have that attitude and play hard every single night, and and I think we will be there. What are the reasons why the West Western Conference records were so high? You know, you look at, excuse me, you look at a team like Phoenix who had the number of wins they did and didn't make the playoffs. I think some of those win totals were inflated because Western Conference teams were beating up on teams in the East. Is the East better? I mean, after you watched all the stuff that happened with LeBron James and Derrick Rose coming back and all that, is the East different? And, and what was your reaction to how the that conference changed? Um, I would say the major change in the East was definitely when uh, LeBron went to Cleveland, so it makes Cleveland a more powerhouse team. And uh, I think the East will be a little bit better because Miami would definitely be solid. So you definitely have a – a lot more team, uh, good playoff teams in the East this year. So it won't be, you know, it won't be a, you know, a good cupcake run running through the East like that. Did you look at the schedule? What, what jumped out at you? <laughs> well, I think what jumped at me was uh, how tough the schedule is early. How early the, we have a lot of tough games. What I mean, is it because of the travel or the caliber of opponents? Uh, I always go by caliber of, of, of opponents, and uh, especially early in the season. And we have a a good, a few, I think, a few road trips early in the in the 
early on the schedule too. So that could be be tough. So like I like I what I think is if we have a good start, then uh, I think it'll be smooth sailing later on. Have you watched any of the uh, FIBA World Cup uh, prelims with regard to either Team USA or the other international teams? Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's definitely a spotlight for everyone in the summer. And what about your teammate Anthony Davis? Are we seeing another step for him? Yeah, I think so. Uh, USA basketball definitely. When I was playing, it helped me, and I'm I'm pretty sure it'll definitely help him. So I think he'll he'll step it up even another notch from last season. They play a little bit different because of some of the rules that FIBA plays that the NBA does not. If you if you could take something from the FIBA game to the NBA, what would you want to bring in? Ooh. I would say, I mean, what I kind of do like is the shots towards the rim. You know, when the ball is around the rim, guys could fight and knock the ball off the rim. You know, there's it's hard to call goaltending because uh, the guys in NBA, they're so much bigger than guys overseas, so they're able to, you know, block more shots. But if you're, if you're – contesting around the rim then it's kind of easier to to when the balls are when the ball is around the rim that a big could just snatch it off the rim or is, you just got to make sure it's a well-known basket so you you'd welcome that even as a driving guard like yourself yeah it's either you make it or, or you don't and i think it's built for shooters so perimeter shooting perimeter shooting ah okay all right fair enough Eric, take me through what's going to happen with you the next couple of weeks here. Shoot, uh, next couple of weeks, I'm just going to be working out with the team throughout the rest of the way, and uh, and I'm uh, just looking forward to you know being close with the guys and you know starting off uh, nice and fresh for before the season. Outstanding! I'm so glad to have you back. I'm so glad to have you uh, healthy and ready to go, Eric. It's uh, it's it, I think I think you're right. I think that something special is going to happen, and it's. It's all up to you guys, and you all seem to ready and primed for the task here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, good to see you. All right, Pelicans guard Eric Gordon with us here on the Black and Blue Report. And as Eric reports, he's breaking news for us here. The guys are working and uh, already together and uh, backing up what Ryan Anderson had for us the other day. Stay tuned. We've got more to come on this edition of the Black and Blue Report. and We'll be back from Studio B in just a moment. Tickets for the 2014-15 Pelicans home opener at the Smoothie King Center are on sale now. To score the best seats for this big game, visit pelicans.com today. Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. 
it's time for our weekly fantasy focus presented by Xbox One. And joining us, as he will every week, is Jake Seeley, senior writer for RotoExperts.com. Jake, how's it going today? I'm doing really well. We're about a week away from football season, so that's that's what's great about it. So close. So close. Now, Jake, uh, some people have already drafted. I'm one damn waiting till the end of uh, preseason football. I want to talk first about some Saints players. A lot of people like to draft based on quarterback-wide receiver combos, like a Matt Stafford, um, Calvin Johnson. Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham's a very dangerous one as well. Is it worth risking maybe picks one and two to get a combo like that? It depends on the type of league I'm in. Really, I try to avoid drafting quarterback tight ends in the first two rounds, uh, not necessarily the combination of the team, because if I could get Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham, basically in all of my leagues, I'd be thrilled. You're getting two guys. Jimmy Graham is going to be the number one tight end. you got Drew Brees, who is the other saint that could finish as the number one player at his position. But the only issue I have is not with this answer, not even if you did it with another team like the Broncos or the Lions. It's the fact of now you're kind of forcing yourself to draft running backs and wide receivers after that point, and if there's value that fell at quarterback or the tight end position or even if value starts falling at wide receivers and you already took one or two in the third and fourth round, you kind of miss out on that opportunity because you've forced yourself to head in the direction to build depth at running back and wide receiver after not taking one of either in the first two rounds. So it depends. if I'm in a 12-14 team league and I'm at the snake end of the draft in a 13th, 14th pick, or even a 12th pick in a 12-team league, and Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham are both sitting there, especially in a PPR with Jimmy Graham, I'll definitely think long and hard about it. You just got to know that you're kind of eliminating some of your flexibility later in the draft, whereas if you took Graham and a running back or Brees and a running back, you open yourself up to being able to attack some value. So I'm not completely adverse to it. I just like the flexibility that you get by not already locking down uh, two positions that basically you only need one guy for. Now, I know it's tough to judge a person off preseason play, but Mark Ingram having a really good preseason fourth in the preseason with rushing yards, is that helping his fantasy draft stock any, or is it just kind of a wait-and-see still with him? Yeah, surprisingly, not as much as I thought it would be or it actually should be, in my opinion, because Ingram is finally starting to look like the running back that everybody thought he could be coming out of college and why the Saints traded up to grab him and was a great value in that draft. And really, everything that's come together for him this preseason is the type of running back he could be. And Pierre Thomas is still atop the depth chart. He's even come out and said himself, as the other guys are going to have to fight me off for the touches. And even with the injury situation through the preseason for him, he's still the most comfortable. He's the veteran in that backfield. He's the one that has proven time and again that he can be an RB2, even in PPR leagues. But Ingram's really taken a step forward. And I'd be thrilled to have him as my RB4 because I think he could easily provide RB3 value, be somebody you can plug in at your flex, somebody you could get great value out of the bye weeks for because it's starting to finally click. I think that with Ingram, it just was the usage that changed from he was such a heavy use at college. You know he was splitting a little bit of time there at Alabama. When you get to the NFL level, and then you're, not, you're not only adjusting to the NFL, but you're adjusting to not being the guy that they turn to every single down. And the Saints, as we all know, have plenty of options in that backfield. I think now that he's comfortable, now that he's accustomed to the offense, now that he knows that he has, he has a role to play, he looks like he's going to be extremely valuable. Somebody who you're getting as a late RB4, RB5 value-wise when it comes to what you need to spend in the draft and will eclipse that at least by one 
ranking position, basically saying that it costs you RB4, he'll be at least an RB3. So I think his draft value should be higher, and I'd be happy for the fact that you're not having to spend that to get him. I want to stick within the division. I want to stick to running backs for most of the segment. Let's talk about Atlanta's running back situation. Steven Jackson has been injured. Um, how do you how do you go about that situation as far as Atlanta running backs? Do you trust Steven Jackson? Is it something that you try to get Devontae Freeman? Um, how do you go if you're trying to look at a, a running back for Atlanta? I think both of them are in that RB3, RB4 range for me. Uh, I would want two solid running backs before I grabbed either one. Obviously, Steven Jackson, as long as he's on the field, he's been productive. Even though it's not the prime numbers we saw from his peak years, he's still a productive running back. And until, you said, he possibly gets injured again, he's going to be the one that they turn to. Uh, Freeman's going to be in the mix. He's very talented, a very good all-around running back. And he'll be in the mix, obviously, over Jaquiz Rogers, who is mostly just a pass-catching option, similar to what we saw with Aaron Sproles with the Saints before he left. And I think that Freeman is the guy that if you're looking to handcuff Jackson, you obviously want to grab Freeman. But if you're looking for somebody that just provides value early in the season, even Jackson's not a bad choice. Just know that we've seen it time and again. There's a very good chance Freeman surpasses him, not just because of injury, but because he is younger, he is fresher, he is showing in the preseason that he's a good all-around option. We might see, even if Jackson stays healthy, we might see a 50-50 split come middle of the season. So, that's my only hesitancy is I'd rather have them as my RB3 or 4 and even consider trading Steven Jackson if he gets off to a good start because the Atlanta offense is extremely highly powerful and both are going to be good options. But if he gets off to a hot start, I think about trading him sooner than later in case he wears down again or does get hurt. We're talking with Jake Seeley, senior writer for RotoExperts.com and our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. I want to go to the AFC now and the Bills adding another running back this offseason with Bryce Brown. Add that to the two-headed monster of C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson. If you're trying to draft someone from Buffalo, which one do you choose? Do you choose two of the three? How do you approach the Buffalo Bills running back situation? So far, I've actually the only one I've been getting is Fred Jackson, and in deeper leagues I've been getting Bryce Brown because it's a similar situation to injuries, opportunity. Uh, Bryce Brown could get a chance at some point. Uh, he's not somebody who can tote the rock all three downs, but he's somebody who could have value if Spiller or Fred Jackson does get hurt. But even though Fred Jackson is so old when we talk about running back years, and actually just in the NFL in general, that's the biggest fear of him. But it goes back to, and I know we're talking running backs, but just another comparison. And granted, he did get hurt, but a, one I like to throw out a lot is Reggie Wayne, as people kept wanting to write him off year after year after year the past two or three seasons because you're just saying he's past the point of that age where the, the production just really starts to fall off. And it had continued. Reggie Wayne was still putting up great numbers before he got hurt. And that's been the same with Fred Jackson. If you look at that backfield, he's been the one that's been the most consistent. C.J. Spiller keeps showing us flashes of what he can do. But there's even been talk with the head coaches and the offensive coach that maybe he's not somebody who could be a two or three down back or even somebody who should tuck the rock 60 to 70% of the time, that really he's a change of pace and a nice timeshare option. So I've started to move him down a little bit more. Granted, his upside is much higher than a low-end RB2, but that's where I'm valuing him, and I'm missing out on him in a lot of drafts because people still see the flash and the talent and the promise he can bring from those big plays, but it's so inconsistent that I'm, I'm not ready to trust him as a high-end RB2. So I'm more comfortable getting the value out of Fred Jackson as a much later, later round draft cost for somebody who's going to be much more consistent. 
One more, we're talking about the Steelers running back situation here. Le'Veon Bell, LeGarrette Blunt. Not talking about their off-the-field issues, but when they are on the field, which one do you draft? How do you approach them? Uh, I still want Bell. I still think he's more talented, but my only concern with him is I think he's very much of a volume runner that he needs a lot of touches to put up fantasy numbers and even numbers in the NFL when you're just talking about purely statistical standpoint. And he's a good runner. He, he has shown promise last year, but at the same time, he has himself admitted that LeGarrette Blount is going to see some touches at the red zone, possibly steal some from him. And Blount showed last year that he still has talent left in his tank and that he can produce some good numbers. So this is a, it's not completely a 50-50 timeshare, but Blunt's going to steal enough from Bell that without the complete volume, without Bell touching the ball 20-plus times every single week, he's not in that RB1 territory where if Blunt wasn't there and he wasn't sharing the backfield, he definitely has enough talent, enough touches that he would be. So he's more in that mid-range RB2 where I say Giovanni Bernard, Le'Veon Bell, Toby Gerhardt, that's where I'll think about taking them. So if people are drafting them higher, I'll just wait and get somebody like a Gerhardt who is touching the ball 20-plus times and being guaranteed. And then Blunt is somebody that, in a deeper league, maybe for bye weeks, I'll grab him. Obviously, he's going to be drafting most every league. But outside of bye weeks and touchdowns, you can kind of think of a Ben Jarvis Green Ellis from last year. If he doesn't get the touchdowns, he's not going to do a lot for your fantasy team because that's where the primary value comes from. So both of them are worth owning in all of your leagues. I just think Bell's price is a little too, little bit too much for me right now because he has RB1 upside, but he really needs to touch the ball a lot to get that. Good stuff there from Jake Seeley, senior writer for RotoExperts.com. That wraps up another Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, thanks for the time, and uh, can't wait next week to actually talk about some fantasy matchups as games will start next week. Oh, I can't wait. Don't go anywhere. Sean is back to wrap things up next on the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Ticket plans for the 2014-15 season are on sale now. There's a variety of packages for all fans featuring half-season and 12-game options, including the ever-popular weekend plan that averages a couple of games a month. Packages start as low as $185. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and take flight with your Pelicans today. Fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino and Hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport bossierorg or call 888-45-VISIT. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Just about time to wrap things up here on this Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Again, thanks to our guests today, Champ Bailey, Eric Gordon, and Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com. Glad to visit with you on this Wednesday. Tomorrow, a game day for the New Orleans Saints, a 7 o'clock kickoff at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome as they welcome in the Baltimore Ravens, a team that they'll see also in the regular season. So we'll have a bit of a special game day black and blue report for you tomorrow. Daniel Salerson will be in the host chair. We'll hear from Brian Dixon, who hopes to have a big night for the Saints tomorrow night in his efforts to make an NFL roster. He'll also share the story of 
his twin brother, who's also trying to make an NFL roster with the New York Jets. That's a part of our broadcast tomorrow. Also on the show uh, for Daniel is uh, Joel Myers, who will have the play-by-play call on Cox Sports Television tomorrow night. Joel will get us up to speed on his uh, charts and storylines for tomorrow night's preseason game. And you never know who else will stop by. Keep all that in mind. Congratulations again to Drew Brees and his family. As we all learned yesterday, a new baby girl is safe and sound. Mama's doing great, and so that's good news. And we'll see how that affects Drew over the next couple of days. He was uh, fired up yesterday, all smiles, back on the practice field, and that was good to see. Certainly a nice moment as the Saints wrapped up training camp 2014. And, of course, we want to thank all the fans who came out to practice, whether it be in the heat or up in Mandeville or any other way, uh, over the last uh, 10 days or so since the team returned from West Virginia. It was a big, big boost for the black and gold as they made it through the uh, tail end of training camp 2014 this year. All right, so that'll do it for us here in Studio B. Uh, Eric Gordon has signed the Door of Honor on his way out, so that collection continues. Uh, That Door of Honor, by the way, we're filling up with autographs from all the uh, folks who stopped by here at Studio B for the Black and Blue Report, and I have a feeling we're going to have a nice uh, piece of memorabilia, a rather unique one, to uh, perhaps auction off for charity down the road. So... We'll see who we can get to sign the door in the coming days and into next week. Thanks again to Daniel Sowerson. I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.